Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative, and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nakubo in Brief. My name is Megan Strand, your host for today, and I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm excited to welcome Liz Clark, Director of Federal Affairs for Nakubo, who will be speaking with us about the Republicans' new tax framework that was released in late September. Hi, Liz. Hi, Megan. It's great to be back. It's great to have you. So we have a lot to cover today. There's been so much news coverage about the Republican framework for tax reform. What have you learned from what they've released? Well, there's uh, a lot that we did learn, and there's a lot of information and details yet to be released. Mm. So um, we have a very high-level framework, and I can discuss some of the high-level information, and I'm going to share with you what it means for some of the, the detailed areas that will really impact colleges and universities. Excellent. At the at the highest level, what we see is a is a general framework and goals that uh, the Republicans would like to try to reach as they shoot for comprehensive tax reform. Uh, they want to stimulate economic growth. They want to simplify the tax code, and they want to lower tax rates. They want to lower the corporate tax rate, uh, and they are trying to uh, achieve a twenty percent tax rate, bringing it down from the current. 35%. Uh, they are also trying to uh, bring down the number of individual tax brackets uh, and create only three income tax brackets uh, as outlined in the framework, a 12% tax bracket, 25%, and 35%. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to stick to all these numbers at the end of the day, but these are the high-level goals that they're trying to achieve. And they're also planning to raise the standard deduction. And what that would do is eliminate the need for uh, many, if not most, taxpayers to itemize. So many people currently itemize their taxes and they're trying to write a new code in a way so that most taxpayers will no longer need to itemize. Well, since the framework is just that, a framework, when do you think we'll have a better understanding of the provisions that will impact colleges and universities? That's a great question and one that's very difficult to answer. Uh, A lot of people have this notion that in Washington we see legislation, it becomes public, it's debated in one chamber and then sent to the other chamber from the House to the Senate and that the public will have ample time to uh, review the legislative language and the text before it then goes to conference where all the details are worked out. Uh, In the current environment in Washington, I don't think we can expect that. I think we're going to see the details released very close to the time that lawmakers take a vote on it. Uh, So I am under the belief that we may see some uh, additional details come out close to the time the House Ways and Means will mark up legislation perhaps about a month out from now, maybe longer, sometime before Thanksgiving, within the next uh, 
um, six weeks or so, I do believe we will see a more detailed framework. I also believe that we'll see those details pretty close to the time that the House takes action on it in uh, in committee and attempts to move it quickly to the floor of the House of Representatives. Uh, beyond that, I also think lawmakers working with the Senate, the House working with the Senate, are going to try to uh, pass some type of tax reform or tax relief bill before the end of spring. So within the next six months, I do think we will see uh, attempts to pass some type of tax bill. Now, do you think Democrats will be constructing their own framework for tax reform? And if so, when do you think we might see that? Uh, you know, we have a House of Representatives that is controlled by a Republican majority right now. We have a Senate that is held by the Senate majority. Uh, we see some challenges for Republicans uh, being able to hold their caucuses together on both sides of Capitol Hill in the House and Senate. But that being the case, they still do hold the majority. And I really see them uh, driving this process. I don't think the Democrats see a lot of opportunity to move their own version of legislation. And they're going to be fighting simply for a say in what Republicans are working on, uh, given that uh, um, Republicans hold the White House, the House, and Senate. So even though this framework that we saw released is called a unified framework, it is a Republican framework for addressing the tax code. Uh, I think that it's important to work with Democratic lawmakers and, and express concerns and share with them um, what colleges and universities may think about moving legislation, but we shouldn't plan for Democrats to have their own version released in any way. Well, let's dig into the meat of the matter. So what are the implications for the tax issues that you follow at Nakubo? They are pretty wide, pretty varied, and uh, I, I think that uh, um, we have a lot of work ahead of us to understand how students and families could be impacted, employees at colleges and universities could be impacted, uh, how our revenue streams are affected, particularly in the area of charitable giving and endowments. Uh, we could see some changes in the treatment of tax-exempt bonds, and we could see changes in the way we actually do business at colleges and universities. So, uh, I'm going to uh, start first talking about charitable giving, uh, because this is one of the most confusing uh, areas that people are looking at when it comes to the unified framework and what we saw released by uh uh, Washington Republicans, uh, you will hear them say that the framework eliminates most itemized deductions but retains the tax incentives for charitable contributions. And that is true. What we've seen outlined here in the plan is that the provision for uh, a deduction for charitable contribution remains. However, it's affected significantly in that Many, many taxpayers who currently are able to claim the charitable deduction will no longer be able to claim the charitable deduction if they aren't itemizing their taxes. So currently, about 30% of taxpayers itemize their taxes. That's There are a significant number of donors in that 30% of taxpayers. I have heard um, numbers that say about 70% of the dollars given to charitable organization organizations are from itemizers. So if itemizers uh, are 
a current itemizers no longer have access to this deduction, there is some concern that it will reduce giving. And there, in fact, was a study out of Indiana University that uh, suggests that giving could go down by about 4% because of this change. So those colleges and universities that rely heavily on uh, charitable giving to supplement their revenue stream, either giving to their annual fund or giving to their endowment, should really consider what this proposal might do to that revenue stream. Uh, we are also paying attention to where Congress may go with the treatment of college and university endowments. There's been a lot of concerns and questions about payout rates and how colleges and universities use their endowments, and it is possible. We did not see it in the framework, uh, but it is possible when we see detailed legislation that Congress could try to address some of the concerns that they have related to college and university endowments. Um, the next area I want to just briefly mention is in the area of tax-exempt bond financing. I don't think that we'll see major changes in this area, but there were some proposals back in 2014 that would have limited access to the tax-exempt market, uh, primarily for private colleges, as it was written in 2014. I haven't heard much about this remaining in the bill. Uh, I'm not sure that we'll see these proposals, but we remain attentive to changes in that area. Uh, when it comes to our workforce, I mentioned that staff could be impacted. Uh, and I say that uh, in regards to a number of issues, we're paying attention to some noise that there could be changes in uh, savings for retirement and what are tax-preferred ways to save for retirement. We're hearing noise that there could be changes in some of the fringe benefits that are made available, like uh, um, uh, parking and transit benefits and whether or not they will be taxable. We could also see some of the provisions that enable employers to provide tuition reductions and not include that as taxable income. Uh, this includes Section 127 that is available to all employers. Uh, all employers have the ability to, to provide up to $5,250 to their employees uh, to be used to access higher education. Uh, this, this would include the Starbucks, the IBMs of the world, any employer, as well as colleges and universities. And if there are changes to Section 127, that impacts not only the benefits we're able to provide our employees, but it could also have an impact on enrollment at colleges and universities. If colleges have relationships with area employers, this could change the nature of some of the relationships they have when employers have uh, uh, significant incentives for their employees to pursue further higher education. Uh, Section 117 is another uh, program out there that provides uh, um, uh, tax-free treatment of uh, access to education or tax-free treatment of certain tuition reductions, and we're keeping an eye on that as well. And uh, there is also a mixed outlook for parents and students when it comes to the higher education tax benefits. There was some language in the outline that said that they will support 
higher education benefits. However, there are a number of programs that promote saving and paying for college. That includes education savings accounts, the Section 529 savings plans. It includes the student loan interest deduction, as well as some tax credits like the American Opportunity Tax Credit and the Lifetime Learning Tax Credit. In general, there's language in the framework that supports the goals of all of these programs. However, in their effort to uh, simplify the tax code, we believe that they could perhaps collapse or consolidate or dial down some of these programs, and we're keeping an eye. It seems to be it seems to me that there may be a mixed outlook for some of these plans, um, and some may fare better once we see the details uh, of the plan than others. The uh, there, there's two other issues that I, I want to mention here. Um, one is related to unrelated business income. Colleges and universities and all nonprofit entities, hospitals, soup kitchens, operas, museums, they all um, uh, have to make assessments regarding uh, whether income to their organization is taxable or not. And we do believe that Congress is looking at changing the way that nonprofits will uh, calculate their unrelated business income tax liability. I'm, at Nakubo, I'm happy to provide and have provided some details as to what we believe they are thinking. This could create some major changes for the way the back office does business at colleges and universities. Also in that unrelated business income or UBIT space, there are likely going to be some changes to whether or not sponsorship payments would be treated as unrelated business income, as well as changes to the treatment of royalty income from the use of names and logos. Currently, it's treated as uh, um, related, but we believe there are proposals on the table to treat all royalty income from licensing name and logos as unrelated, and therefore they would be subject to the unrelated business income tax. So there's a lot of colleges and universities will, that will want to look closely at that proposal. I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here, but there's one last um, issue that I just want to highlight, particularly for public colleges and universities, and that's a proposal to eliminate the ability for taxpayers to deduct their state and local taxes. Um, this deduction uh, um, is one of the deductions that would go away. It, it was indeed proposed in the unified unified framework. And there's a lot of concern that this is going to significantly increase the tax liabilities of taxpayers in a number of more high tax states. We're concerned about this because we think it changes the nature of the relationship between the federal government and state and local governments. And there could be um, out-year implications for state and local government finance. So I also encourage public colleges and universities in particular to think about the implications that eliminating the state and local tax deduction might have on their state budget. So I know that's a lot to swallow. My bottom line here is that there's likely to be a lot of squeeze on colleges and universities once we see all of the details of this tax plan. I have uh, 
looked at the unified framework. We've had a lot of meetings. We've consulted with a lot of experts here in Washington. I am reading into many of the bullet points and words here, but again, my encouragement here is that colleges and universities take a look at the framework, take a look at the other analysis that's available on our website, and really consider just how or if their institutions will be squeezed by this tax plan once it emerges. That is a lot of information that you just covered. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So uh, we all know that Washington is very famous for gridlock. So where does Congress go from here with this proposal? I wish I had a crystal ball, Megan. I really do. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's really hard to say. You know, we've watched uh, here in Washington whether or not they can pass an Affordable Care Act, and we've seen uh, failure after failure to actually get a bill through, passed by both houses and sent to the president. Uh, A lot of people in Washington are watching what happened with the Affordable Care Act and are saying there's no way, no how they can get a tax bill through if they can't get this uh, Obamacare repeal through. Uh, And a lot of folks are saying the Republican Party isn't even unified enough across its own spectrum from more fiscally conservative Republicans to the more moderate pro-business Republicans to get their act together to pass a comprehensive tax reform bill. However, I'm also looking at the fact that Republicans hold the House, the Senate, and the White House, and they're really going to want to show taxpayers that they were able to leverage that Um, that gain that they have, that influence they have, that power they have, and that they were able to get their act together and do something. So I go back to what I said earlier. I think there's still a lot of negotiating to be done. However, I think that pressure to show voters that Republicans could actually accomplish something uh, is going to result in some kind of tax bill. Whether it's not a big comprehensive bill that meets all the goals of this framework that we saw laid out for us, or it's a much more simplified and smaller tax cut, I can't say for sure. But no matter what, I I think the word of warning here is once we see the bill, we're not going to have a lot of time to play defense. Um, We have to make the case now for the issues that we see as um, being considered or perhaps even under threat during this process. And again, the the crystal ball is very hazy, but that being said, if a bill goes through, we have to be acting now. We can't wait until we see the details. Well, to that point, what what would you say colleges and universities should be doing right now in response to the proposal? I think that college and university tax directors, HR directors, development officers should be taking a look at this framework, uh, talking to Nakubo or looking at some of the resources that Nakubo and other higher education associations have out there in reaction to the response and in reaction to tax reform, and think about what some of these proposals would mean to their institution. I've said on other podcasts with you before, Megan, once you understand how one university works, you understand how one university works. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's kind of the same case here with tax reform. Once you understand how tax reform is going to impact your institution, you understand how it's going to impact your institution 
every institution is going to have a different story to tell. Some may be more worried about uh, how the charitable giving proposals will impact their revenue stream. Others may be more concerned about the changes to the treatment of UBIT, and others may want to uh, focus significantly on how the student and family and employee benefits may change, whether that's 127 uh, or the American Opportunity Tax Credit and the Lifetime Learning Tax Credit. Um, the changes there could be significant and could actually impact enrollment trends in different sectors in different ways. So it's really important for schools um, not to wait for what the overarching uh, assessment is, but to really think about what their school, the impact on their school will be. From there, I urge those business officers to talk to their presidents and their government relations offices about their concerns and uh, to consider what the message from their school to their lawmaker may want to be and to consider that soon. I think it's important to begin conversations now with your elected officials about what this bill could mean for the school. Because again, once we actually see all of the details, there may not be a lot of time to weigh in. So uh, start looking at the bill now, start assessing the impact, and consider what you want to share about that impact with your elected officials. Thank you so, so much, Liz, for coming on today and giving us this very important update about the tax reform. Thank you so much. I'm sure there will be much more to report in the coming weeks and months. Absolutely. And we'd love to have you back. You can find out more about today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Please make sure you subscribe to Nakubo in Brief in iTunes so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Liz and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Nakubo in Brief. Nakubo in Brief.